One year ago, everything changed. Masks and physical distancing became the new normal as COVID-19 hit the county. On this episode, we take a look back, how far have we come and what work is left to do? Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Frieda, Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. On March 7th, the county and state announced COVID was here. That's back in 2020. That led to public health orders, safety precautions, emergency response, vaccinations, and much more. We have with us today some of our leaders within Johnson County government who have been an important part of helping our community stop the spread and bounce back. Johnson County Department of Health and Environment Director Dr. Sami Ariola and our emergency management leader, Dan Robeson. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, first off, can you just talk about um, kind of where you were when you, when you found out COVID was here and then you were in a unique situation because you were transitioning into, a, into this role. So can I talk about that? Yes, I, I uh, really, uh, March 7th, I believe, uh, was a Saturday uh, uh, later in the, late in the evening in Nashville, prepping to, to move uh, down here. Uh, and I was being uh, hosted by uh, a few friends um, in Nashville. And then I got the call from, uh, from Joe Connors, uh, basically saying that uh, the first uh, positive, the first case uh, was detected here. And uh, they were uh, planning for a, um, an, uh, a press um, uh, conference to update uh, the residents on, on what needs to be done. But um, ironically, it was about the same time that we had the first um, positive in Nashville also. So I was um, uh, spending the week talking to elected officials and and the media and the public on the things that uh, we need to all to co uh, continue to do. Obviously, by, by March, when we saw the first positive, we've been preparing as public health departments for, for weeks, uh, really from very early uh, January, we ramped up uh, surveillance and expectations and uh, started doing things. So, so, so by then it's been uh, found in several other parts of the country. So we were not really shocked. It was that it, it's, it's more of when will it be here versus, um, versus if it will be here. But obviously by March 7th, I was already tracking uh, all that's going on in, in Johnson County, knowing fully well that I'm starting in, the, in a couple of weeks from then. And I remember also sharing the, the news release uh, on some of my social media pages, but it's been a year, long, long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very long time ago, it feels like. And I can remember, um, just just ahead of the the news conference, we were already we had a task force moving along, and it, we were pre all preparing for this. And I remember watching um, in King County, uh, in, in Washington State, how they were conducting their news conferences, who was speaking, what kind of information were they sharing, so that eventually I, I knew we would have to replicate that in our own community. But um, you were actually scheduled to start on a certain date, but you were asked to start early. Is that right? Oh, that that's correct. I um the I was um I left Nashville um March sixteenth, uh hoping to um take a week's break uh from work um to get ready. 
And um, really right after the first case, I uh, started communicating uh, more frequently with uh, Joe Connor and, uh, and Penny. And uh, I was driving down on the 16th and uh, Penny had reached out to me uh, asking if I could start earlier. And so I asked, uh, what do you mean by earlier? And she said, can you, can you start tomorrow? Of course, I wasn't. I wasn't scheduled to get. We, we were. I was driving down with my wife. We weren't scheduled to get here until later that day, so I figured that uh, starting early uh, the following day would be very difficult. So I said, "Okay, I'll come in that day for a couple of hours," which I did, and then uh, started uh, full fully uh, very early uh, on the on the following day, eighteenth. So. Um, started ahead of uh, schedule and it's been nonstop since then, but uh, pretty happy about um, what we have done and how well we protected our, our residents from, from the most serious consequences of the virus. And Dan, how about you? Can you talk a little bit about where you were on March 7th when this all happened? On the afternoon of Saturday, March 7th, my son and I were halfway through our list of errands we were running and about to walk into a hardware store when I received the call about the first case in Johnson County. At that point, there was immediately a series of notifications that needed to be made to our partners. We needed to activate the emergency operations center and help prepare for the press briefing that would be held in a few short hours. Uh, my wife was actually an hour away at that point, but luckily we had some good neighbor friends that were nice enough to leave a party they were hosting at their house to stay with my son until my wife could make it home. And I headed to Alesa. Uh, over the past year, due to COVID-19, it hasn't really been feasible for me and my son to complete that list of errands, but actually still have that list of errands here in my office and looking forward to the day when I can take it down and we can check those last few items off. We're not there yet. There's still more we all have to do, but we're getting closer. And Dan, do you want to talk a little bit more about some of the work that was being done just ahead of COVID getting here in Kansas? We're fortunate in Johnson County. We've always had a robust public health emergency preparedness program led by a strong team of public health professionals. For decades, they've been key partners and leaders within our broader emergency management program and one of the most active groups within our emergency operations center team. Over the years, they've engaged a wide variety of stakeholders in their planning, training, and exercise activities that are specifically focused on responding to public health emergencies. So while COVID-19 is a novel virus and it's had a unique impact, responding to public health emergencies was not new to our public health team or to Johnson County. We'd been tracking COVID-19 for some time and we had started a series of internal and external coordination meetings regarding the response to COVID-19 prior to the first case in Johnson County. So you can always be more prepared, but I think we were probably second to none in our level of preparedness when the first case was found in Johnson County. It seems like something is happening almost every single day, if not every day related to the pandemic, whether it's, you know, containing the spread of it, or if it's vaccinating more people, it just seems like it's, it has been nonstop. And I know the, the public, of course, feels that, but can you talk about kind of the, the impact it's had on the, the health department and, and staff there? Yeah, it's, it's been quite a stretch. I uh, speak uh, to staff regularly and I uh, speak to um, other public health uh, professionals and, um, uh, in my 20 years uh, working in this field, uh, I really haven't seen anything um, uh, this the size uh, with these um, uh, many angles and uh, many things to do uh, with the pressure and the, the amount of work that's needed. And I'm pretty sure that very few people in public health have seen anything this size, if any at all. 
And so it's 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 been um, it's taken a lot of efforts from staff side to do that. I know that personally for me, um, I haven't seen my mom who lives in the Chicago area since 2019, and that's partly because I want her to be safe. Um, my uh, uh, children in uh, Nashville haven't uh, seen them since I left, other than uh, just talking on on. Um, on the phone and Skype and, and those things, not a whole lot of interactions. So, and, and that's true for the rest of our staff. These things, are, we've done all of these things as, at a tremendous cost to, uh, to ourselves and uh, really uh, paid a huge price in terms of um, interactions with people. In, in my case, um, moving to a new place. Look, as a public health director, you are the voice of health for the society. And that means that you have to have relationship with people. Uh, so I had to come into a situation where I am building new relationship with staff. I am building new relationship with uh, uh, forces of change, policymakers, elected officials, and building re new relationship with the community because that's very, very important. Public health is about how well we are integrated with the community, how well we build trust with the community. All of those are very important determinants of people taking the message uh, that you're trying to share with them and trusting your leadership on, on health. And so when you have to do all of those in the middle of a pandemic this size, that's a lot of, lot of work to do, but um, can't uh, take anything away from the tremendous efforts of public health staff where we pull staff from all over the place. Uh, people that typically are environmental inspectors or people that are typically are weak staff outreach nurses, immunization nurses, child care providers. There's not a single time in the one year here, in spite of the many hours and the stress of the job, that I've had any of them complain. It's always, what can we do? Can we do more? And so I've had to take their health into consideration and ask people to take uh, breaks. And uh, just um, the, the result, of course, is, is rewarding, uh, being able to get to a place where uh, we have um, the virus uh, down and uh, trying to keep it down. And that again, uh, even though we have done uh, some work in terms of the leadership, the credit though goes to our resident who are really adhering to those messages. If they're not doing physical distancing, if they weren't wearing masks, if they were not listening to those public health messages, there's no way we get to where we are. So kudos to our residents for just an excellent job that they have done. Those who have stepped up and really helped us in many ways, and that includes the health department, of course, and and then also uh, the, the members of the public, as you mentioned, our emergency personnel who have, um, you know, put themselves in danger in in order to serve the public, our healthcare workers, our educators, um, all of those groups, our business partners. So so many people have uh, really shown. Uh, heroism during this this pandemic, and so it is important to thank them uh, for their work. Unfortunately, we're not done. Uh, we still have more work left to do. So, can you talk about that? Yes, um, uh, just to out echo all the things that you said from uh, emergency management and other Johnson County employees, uh, human resource department. Uh, look, it, it takes uh, all of us to do this. Um, some some of us are doing it uh, are more visible doing it, others aren't. Uh, but um, we know that uh, uh, 
me being able to be out there talking to people is because I have several people that are working behind the scenes. So um, I do want to echo that and um, share the same uh, a level of appreciation to all of those that have been supportive of our efforts um, uh, in this. And yeah, no, the, the work is not done. Um, um, but we are uh, appreciative of the tools that's become available to us. Um, very seldomly will you have three vaccines available within a year of dealing with the disease. Um, that, is, um, that is an absolute uh, positive for us. And, um, and we're beginning to see some of the impacts of the vaccination, but that work continues until we vaccinate as many of our residents as possible as quickly as we can. And so there are some of you that are willing to take the vaccine right now, and we're just uh, going through a process because of supply issues. Uh, we're asking for patience. And there are possibly some that are out there that are, uh, maybe have questions about the efficacy and safety of the vaccines. I'll tell you, and I'll just say that again, look at our numbers. Every one of these three vaccines have been tested in thousands of people. Uh, we have uh, administered these vaccines to millions of people across the world. Um, the vaccines are 100% effective against death. The vaccines are 100% effective against hospitalization. And they, very, they have very, very high level of efficiency in reducing the most severe illnesses there. And so those are huge things that even for now, even with our concerns for the variants, the UK variants or the South African variants, that we're able to suppress those things because we're getting more and more people vaccinated, but also because people are adhering to all those other uh, impacts. So we have the virus down. Let's keep it down. That means we need more people to take the vaccine. We need to keep doing all those things that we're doing uh, until we are uh, uh, confident that we've uh, suppressed it and we can keep it down. But we're seeing the results. A while back, just as recently as December, we had 49 outbreaks. And we had outbreaks in 49 long-term living uh, facilities in, in uh, Johnson County. It is down to one. And, that, that's, and that's huge. And that's the goal. That's why we are beginning to see the impact of breaking the chain of transmission because of vaccination and all the other steps that we're taking. So the slide at the end of the tunnel, we're getting closer to that end to see in the light, we're seeing some fruits. Uh, there's a glimmer of hope coming in and, and that's a good thing. We just need to hold on tighter for a little bit more and we'll be there and begin to see and live life the way that we have in the past. So you're confident we'll we'll get back to so, to some normalcy and it, things may never be the exact same as they were before, but I I think it's an Im important message also for people to know that that we will be able to see our loved ones again and give each other hugs and all those things that we've we've missed. Oh, absolutely, uh, we will. I think you you begin we're beginning to see some signs of that. We have the CDC now saying that vaccinated people can, can interact without wearing masks. There are scenarios, albeit small, where uh, we can interact with this, uh, members from a single household who are yet to be vaccinated but of low, low, lower risk. We are seeing um, CMS as well as CDC and us and KDAT allowing uh, outdoor and some indoor visitations in uh, nursing homes 
all of these are progress that we're making. Now, I do think there are some places that are rolling back things too fast. So we've got to be smart about that. We've got to do that based on science. Uh, it, it is possible to do the right thing at the wrong time. We cannot lose the gains that we have made. We have worked too hard to get to where we are to lose those gains. But we are making those progress. We will get back to life the way we know it. Right now, the weather is our friend. Spring is our friend. Summer is our friend. The outdoor is our friend. That's why I'm very confident that sooner than later, especially with uh, the projection of increased uh, vaccines, vaccine availability, that we're closer to that uh, returning to life the way we know it than we have ever been. I know we all can't wait for that day. Well, thank you very much for once again being here and all the great information that you've shared. And uh, for more information on COVID-19, go to our website at jococov.org. Thanks for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.